Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of 15 Minutes with Lincoln. I am, in fact, the actual Abraham Lincoln. I am indeed the 16th president of these United States of America, and I have come back to do a podcast. Typically, uh, this intro is done by the uh, host of the podcast, uh, Mr. Timothy Robert Dunn. Unfortunately, uh, Timothy uh, could not be here today. He was too busy disparaging his own character and being a coward, as well as someone who misrepresents himself to every well-intentioned former president that he meets. Now, I do not mean or intend to be uh, vague or coy with you. I did meet Timothy Robert Dunn some time ago, and he presented himself to be someone he was not. He said that he was the voice of his generation, that he was the modern-day Mark Twain who could bend the ear of the entire nation at will, and I have found that he is instead um, just a guy who's got a Medium page and um, occasionally puts a thing or two on Twitter. Now, I was in, obviously, I was dismayed, but we have made a pact to you, the nation, to share my thoughts, Mr. Abraham Lincoln's actual thoughts, on the current election. And I intend to uphold that pact, that oath that I have with you, the listeners. Now, I just want you to know that um, in the past episode, Timothy said that there was some issue that in the past I've perhaps been a little willy-nilly with the 15 minutes of the 15 minutes with Lincoln time. Um, I'm intending today to be uh, right and prompt with your time. I do not intend to waste any of it, so I will be uh, checking the clock to make sure I give you precisely 15 minutes. Okay, Timothy? That's what you wanted, isn't it? So here you are, exactly as you wanted, 15 minutes with me, Abraham Lincoln. No more and no less. Now, I apologize if there are any bumps in the road. This is my first time ever doing a podcast or any sort of recording, for that matter, on my own. I'm used to having someone here to show me the rope, so if any times there is any sort of glitch or perhaps it's not as smooth as, as you know, it would be if someone who hosted a podcast about video games was hosting it, because I'm sure that would mean he would be very smooth and suave and a wonderful facilitator because he does this so often for dozens of people to listen to, then I can only apologize. I answer only to myself. I shall do the best I can. I have, throughout my life, been put in a position where I was a little bit over my head. I was, as you know, commander-in-chief of the armed forces of the United States of America, and I, my attempts to put down the act of rebellion by the southern states and end their treason I was often thwarted and frustrated by my own generals who failed to take the attack to the rebels, who did not see that their territory was actually our territory. And instead, they let the rebels bring the fight to us and, and organize. And so I took it upon myself to learn war planning. And I am sure that uh, they weren't annoyed at all by someone who had uh, basically just spent a couple weeks in a militia suddenly cracking open some textbooks about war and telling them what to do. I'm sure that they liked that just fine. So anyhow, I've done a little research on uh, the podcasting, and I hope that this shall, uh, shall suffice. And if not, I again am I only one man who has been created by his creator. Uh, so 
That being said, I thought I would dive into this week's election coverage. It was a busy week in the election. I, um, there's uh, Hillary Clinton is, is running against uh, Donald J. Trump, and um, they've been really going at it, and things are getting quite tense. And last week we were uh, intending to talk about campaign rhetoric, and uh, uh, Timothy mentioned that... Uh, maybe I, I would I would be the draw of the podcast because I would have such great insights on campaign rhetoric. Well, he sh- maybe should have done the research. He said he already had known and committed to memory that I did not actually have to camp- campaign. I apologize. I am now just treading over well-trodden ground for those of, uh, four of you who actually listen to this thing. Shout out to Asher Perlman, uh, Killen Tourette, uh, uh, Chris Geiger, and uh, John Thibodeau, who I think only listened because he was a guest a couple weeks ago. <sighs> you know, I am beginning to very strongly feel that Timothy had absolutely no right and was not at all justified in walking out of this. This was supposed to be a partnership. That was what this was meant to be. And you know what? He said that I should be the draw. But you know what? I believe that I would be the draw. And he is, in fact, holding me back. There have oftentimes been topics that I have wished to discuss that I have actually even discussed. And he has edited my comments out. Now, I do not understand why he would do such a thing. It is, it is frustrating to for those of you, and I know I'm sure there are other fellow podcasters who listen to this, to, to go back and listen and hear your words edited and your long arguments and, and lamentations being con- con- can just edit it down. It's quite frustrating. And I think that if Timothy were to take my actual arguments, my actual thoughts as they were in whole, he would see that they would do much better. We'd get better optics. But instead, he continues to think he knows what's best. So I assume that he must know what's best because he thinks it to be so. It is quite frustrating indeed. You know, one, ep- one of these such topics, and I-, I suppose he wants me to keep to the 15 minutes because he's, he's tired of me going on such, I quote, 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 long-winded arguments. But one of these things I-, I have often wished to address all these years is why I could not simply just let the South go, those who declared independence from the United States. Uh, there are many reasons, and I've stated them plainly throughout many speeches, but I've oft craved the opportunity to put them all into one location and in one spot so I could have a listener and, and share him my side so that he could see that there was no choice. I could not let the South go. I would not make war, but if war was made upon us, then yes, we would have it. I've always wanted to get into that. One thing I've also wanted to get into is having my own website. And it used to be kind of tricky to figure out how until I found Squarespace at squarespace.com. Whether you need a powerful landing page, striking galleries, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Best of all, everything is mobile ready, right from the start. Prices start at just $12 a month, and you can check that out now at squarespace.com. I love Squarespace. It's really helped me figure out the whole website thing. I'm sure and confident that... Um, we could have a, a quite a nice website for this podcast if Timothy had not cheaped out and only put us on a Tumblr page. I assume he's just too busy paying for the hosting fees for this podcast, which he threw back in my face. <sighs> what was I saying? The election 
Hillary. Oh, there were three reasons why I could not let the South go. They, they, there are more than three, but they fall into three categories, therefore three reasons. There were the logistic reasons why I could not let the South simply leave. First, there were no natural boundaries that we could create two nations. This continent was well-suited for one people, not two. Any way you wish to divide this country, whether it be north and south, uh, going across east to west, there would, there would be no suitable way. For instance, if we were to you know, create two nations along what is known as the Mason-Dixon line, that would deny those southern states the ports of the Great Lakes and access to Canada. And it would, divide, and it would deny them, the, the, the north, the, the access to South America through New Orleans. It would be a horrible mistake. And there would be no way to create two nations, especially with a border that long. I mean, there are multiple places you could cross that border. So many rivers and so many streams and so many forests. It'd be impossible to enforce that border. Anyone who wishes to build such a wall over such a large border or something as preposterous as that, that would be absurd to build such a thing. And the only way you could effectively have such a border would be creating to create onerous trade restrictions, which would only... Build the resentments, which leads me to the next part of the logistical problem, is that this would actually exacerbate the two nations, quote-unquote, the two sides of this argument's petty disagreements on differences were small, though slavery is a big issue. If we were to become two nations, this issue would have only festered and gotten worse there was no way to solve it other than to confront it, not to separate and not to just walk out on somebody when they're in the midst of doing a podcast and not even know how to use the door right, Timothy. <sighs> so that is why this great continent is suited for one nation and one people, not two, which is why we shouldn't be doing two separate podcasts, but perhaps one podcast which we originally promised to deliver, a podcast that could discuss actual history, just like Revisionist History, a new podcast from Malcolm Gladwell and Panepoli Media. Each week for 10 weeks, Revisionist History will go back and interpret something from the past and reinterpret it, an event, a person, an idea, something overlooked, something misunderstood. Malcolm Gladwell is the author of five New York Times bestsellers, and he's explored how ideas like the tipping point and decision-making and blink and the roots of success and outliers and the advantages and disadvantages of being uh, David and Goliath in his latest book. In this latest project, he's going to examine the ways the passage of time changes and enlightens our understanding of the world around us. I cannot recommend this podcast again because it's one of us, well, it's one of the, it's one of the podcasts that Tim happened to throw in my face last week that I was not on. I could be appearing on that one instead, but instead I'm speaking to some guy who wears sandals year-round and just performed with a comedy band in Indianapolis. Happy to be here. Speaking of Indianapolis, uh, Donald Trump has chosen an Indiana governor, Mr. Mike Pence, to be his running mate. And I didn't understand this because in my day, we didn't choose our running mates. They were chosen for us. That's simply the, the historical precedent that was established. That's what I want to say. The second reason why I could not just let the South go. That was our history, our shared history. The North and South shared the sacrifice of the Revolutionary War. We understood why we shoot the cannons off on July 4th, because both sides lent their sons to shed blood and die on the battlefield to declare ourselves independent and free from the British. They gave themselves up and created a national authority, which we were all subject to, North and South, podcaster and president. This natural 
and national authority was to be a great beacon to the world. It was to prove that the great experiments of self-governance could in fact exist. We must hold that promise and be that example to others to show that two people that maybe not have a whole lot in common and maybe from different centuries could in fact coexist and thrive together. We had to prove that. That is what we were meant to be doing. We could not simply just let the other party go. Even if they were uncomfortable with the present arrangement, perhaps they'd be more comfortable with the present arrangement if they'd heard of MeUndies.com, which was created because they understood that everyone deserves ridiculously comfortable underwear and were tired of all the compromises made in order to find a great pair. MeUndies was created for you because MeUndies truly believes a pair of their underwear will change your life, make you bolder, and save you time and money. I'd help with the hosting fees, Timothy. Go to MeUndies.com today, and they will send you ridiculously comfy underwear straight to your door. That's terrific. I think that if you're someone who, um, like, needs or doesn't have a whole lot of time to shop and tends to wear the same kind of threadbare T-shirts and uh, khaki cargo shorts or baggy jeans and sandals that perhaps you would find great comfort in the comfort of MeUndies, MeUndies.com. Well, uh, one of the things is I'm amazed with the internet these days, and it is a terrific way to bring us together. In my day, we had the steam engine and the telegraph, and now you are all such one united people, and it is amazing to see this being put in use in the election. Absolutely amazing to, be, to see it put into use in the election. You clearly now understand, which was something that I had to prove in the mid-19th century, that there is no legal reason for us to ever be separate nations. Now, show me a government that has in its laws any sort of clause declaring the means for its own cessation, its own end, any sort of legal way that someone could leave that own nation. It could dissolve. There is none, and there was none in our Constitution, which meant that the South had no legal reason or legal historical precedent, which concludes the second reason why I could not let the South go. And the third reason or component to my reasoning why I could not simply let the South form its own confederacy and its own nation on this continent was religious in nature. I have come to believe, and I had come to believe at the conclusion of the Civil War, that war was not brought on by man, but by God himself as a way to punish this nation for its sins. That woe was brought because of our inherent sin. I refer, of course, to slavery. For far too long, we allowed it to continue and thrive in these parts. And God had willed that it would end, and end in a bloody means. For he is the Almighty, and the Almighty has his own purposes. It's as if Scripture tells us, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. I have that memorized. So we must suppose that American slavery is one of the offenses in which God's providence must needs come. But uh, which, having continued through his appointed time, he now and then willed to remove. And he gave both the North and the South that terrible war, though both sides did pray to the same just God 
he willed for it to continue and continued as long as it did. Finally, we did hope and fervently we did pray that he would bring an end to the war, but he saw to see that it would last as long as it needed to. If he had continued, it might have even lasted 250 years. Or until every drop of blood drawn with the lash would have been paid by another drawn with the sword. I have come to believe through my time here in this now 21st century that it was not the offense of slavery that God was punishing us for when he saw that our civil conflict would rage for so many years and claim so many sons. It was him holding us to our own promise that all men are created equal. Something for too long we feared. We shirked away from that responsibility, and every time we found ourselves upon a precipice which we might have to confront that meaning and recognize its true power, we retracted. We fled to the islands of nationalism or race supremacy or even religion when instead we should have been taking on that challenge head on. God understood that we were doing his work by saying that all men were created equal and he would not let that work go unfinished until it was finished. I see now that simply the abolishment of slavery did little to create true equality amongst all men. And I see how I am, in fact, responsible for that in part. For too long, I was tempered in my opinions and feared that world in which I was no longer a member of a supreme race for no reason other than it was, in fact, the advantage that I enjoyed. And I feared that if others would share in the advantages that I had, that I would no longer have said advantages, when, in fact, our own words, all men are created equal, show that to not be true. Our fear of our own inferiority created an inferiority upon the black people. It was our own paranoia about inequality being imposed upon us that we used to impose inequality upon them. Inequality, even when there is no slavery present, punishes both sides, even the side that benefits from it. It is a sin. And God did punish us for such sin. But thankfully, the war concluded. We were able to be reborn. But we must be worthy of said promises. And I hope that if I am able to continue this very podcast, I would prove myself worthy of fulfilling this destiny. Stop wasting money on expensive takeout. Just sign up on blueapron.com, and for about $10 a meal, Blue Apron will deliver you all the fresh ingredients you need for a healthy, fast dinner to cook at home. They have the highest standards for ingredients and a terrific network of home chefs. So go to blueapron.com. 
Well, I see now that I have vastly exceeded the 15 minutes that I did promise you. And I also failed to touch upon the election of this year. I suppose perhaps I am to blame for us getting off track in previous weeks. Well, I'll see you.